It's time for Apple Farm Chatter, your podcast for all things Apple Farm service. The latest ag news, dealership events, and upcoming trends. Put on your work clothes. Apple Farm Chatter begins now. Welcome back to Apple Farm Chatter. This is our second edition here, a second episode. Kent Holmes here alongside Alex Ryan. And uh, our guest today is Dan Young. Dan from Young and Young's Jersey Dairy. Dan, thanks for being with us today. Certainly. So we are actually here on location. You might be able to pick up some background noise. We're in the brand new building here at Young's Jersey Dairy. And we thought, Dan, if you don't mind, just kind of taking us around a tour and we have some questions along the way. How does that sound? Sounds great. Okay. Give us a little bit about what Young's Jersey Dairy is and, and the uh, some, some background history of it. Sure, Young's Dairy, Young's Jersey Dairy began really in 1869 when the Red Barn was built by relatives of the Young family. And for the next uh, 90 years or so, it was a farm. And my, uh, in the Great Depression era, I think the family lost the farm. And then my grandfather bought it back in the late 40s. He had three sons, uh, Carl, Bob, and Bill. And uh, which, of course, in the farm economy then, as well as now, family members equals cheap labor. <laughs> so started milking cows rented some, it was a 60 acre farm at the time, rented some other neighbors uh, land, grew hogs down near toward Yellow Springs, corn, and you know, just a general farm like many farms were at that point in time. Um, then in the late 50s, we started selling our produce, which was milk, uh, straight to the public. We bought a used refrigerator and some milk bottles, put it in a refrigerator. People would actually come up and make their own change uh, leave their bottle off, get their new bottle out, and go home with it, mainly obviously as more local folks at that point. That seemed to work out, so we started inviting more people to the farm and giving them more reasons to come here. Okay. And so over the years, we've, uh, this is our third dairy store. Uh, the first one is over there next on the end of the barn. Um, we're using it as a storage right now. Um, then for 1968 until 2021, we had a dairy store that's now our parking lot, and we built this new one, as you said, and opened it up in uh, August of 21. And it's designed to take care of a lot of guests, which we needed more room, uh, way high ceilings, way better HVAC, so everybody felt safer in today's environment, uh, as well as it doesn't get as hot in here like the old store did. Uh, and the coolest thing we were able to do, I think, was to bring over our ice cream and cheese production to this building. And before it was over attached to the barn and it really wasn't very easy for our guests to see. Um, it was right next to the road. It really, we didn't encourage folks to go over there at all, but now they can see what's going on. They can see how we make ice cream, got a little explanation uh, about what's going on. And so right inside here, and we got Mike Randall who's been here for Quite a while. Hi, Mike. It's soundproof, isn't it? Yeah, you can't yeah. Hear me. Okay, yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to step over here. Mike's making some ice cream today. Um, we're getting ready for a pint sale here in March. Annual pint sale will make about fifteen thousand pints to sell. So I'm looking at these machines. Yep. Um, how many gallons of ice cream can these machines make at a time? Good question. The one he's in now makes ten gallons at a time. Okay. I'm sorry. 
That's, it looks it looks like he's pouring about ten gallons. That was five gallons at a time. Oh, five gallons at a time. Yeah, okay. the one next to it makes ten gallons at a time. Oh wow! And the one down near him also makes about five gallons at a time. Okay. And so uh, we make about seventy thousand gallons of ice cream a year, one batch at a time. It takes about fifteen minutes or so to make a batch. We put in the milk, cream, and sugar at the top, which is just a base. And then we add. Looks like he's making maybe cookies and cream. I'm thinking. Um, or vanilla or chocolate or strawberries or whatever mm -hmm. and into the machine and comes out about 15 minutes later uh, comes out looking like soft serve uh -huh. and so it's around 21 degrees Fahrenheit above zero and then he's gonna put that right over in a freezer that's more than 20 below zero okay <laughs> and it's a lot of wind velocity you don't want to spend a lot of time in there no and uh, it freezes it relatively quickly which is one of the secrets to making good ice cream. It uh, keeps it smooth, sure. not grainy. If you ever had, if you ever had homemade ice cream, um, two or three days later, when you make it at home, it's always you, you think it's going to taste good again, but it doesn't. You know, that's because your home freezer is not that cold and doesn't freeze it very quickly. So bigger ice crystals I see. form. Okay. So we make about uh, 35 flavors right now. Right and during the summertime, we'll be up to about 40. So that's making the ice cream. Okay. Um, and most that, and days, that, that's really, because I know you guys that are listening on this podcast, you mentioned this building, and it is a, a beautiful, large building. Um, and just, just really easy to walk through it. They put a lot of graphics into it um, that show the history of Young's Dairy. Mm -hmm. you, even have, you even have a cow on its, on its side at 90 degrees facing yeah. down. So you guys had some yeah. fun with this one. Yeah, you have to get a shot of that looking straight up. It looks really cool. Yeah, but we're, I mean, all around the farm, we got history pictures uh, of Young's, kind of our a timeline of Young's up there. And in, in the dining room, which seats are close, about 280 people or so, much more than what we could in the other one. Um, we got some old pictures and stuff like that. It's just a little bit of history, obviously a little bit of new. Um, it's about a 22,000 square foot building which is more than twice the size of the one it replaced. And when we're busy in the fall, especially, there's still a line out the door. That's great. Yeah. That's great. And then you it were mentioning the, the cheese. It is great. Because um, honestly, I don't know if I've seen uh, a cheese making machine, but this is interesting. Explain this to me. Sure. Well, we're making cheese seven days a week, and we're going to make about 80,000 pounds of cheese this year. 80,000 80, pounds, pounds of cheese. How, cheese. Many, how many gallons of milk does it, does it take probably to make 80,000 pounds of cheese? Jersey milk yields more pounds of cheese per gallon than Holstein milk, which okay. is obviously the most prevalent. Um, you get about 1.2, 1.3 pounds per, I'm sorry, you get about one pound per gallon. Okay. In other words, about 13, a little bit more than that, about 13% okay. yield. So you put in 100 pounds, which is easier to work with. 100 pounds of milk sure. gets you about 13 pounds of cheese. Okay. Of curds, basically, okay. curd, cheese curd. And then the rest is whey, W-H-E-Y, um, which we don't use here. Sure. We don't, that sounds, 80,000 pounds sounds like a lot of cheese, but it's not enough to uh, allow us to have a machine that would dry it okay. to, to create whey powder. And we don't currently raise hogs here. <laughs> they would like to eat some whey. Right. Um, occasionally we've uh, hooked up with a local farmer for that a little bit, but mainly uh, the curds is what we mix all of our cheese. Okay. So we start off 
like I said, seven days a week, we bring the milk over from the barn to here and put it in another tank. And then we pump it over to our cheese vat first thing in the morning. And depending on what we're making, uh, we either pasteurize it or not. Most of the cheese we make here, um, the cheddar, the Gouda, the baby Swiss is not pasteurized. And the, the Colby and Pepper Jack is because you sell it quick. I mean, within a few, with like 30 days of making it. Or the one we make the most of is fresh curds. Um, and that one is pasteurized because we sell it. What we're, we made some yesterday. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's making that today, but yesterday it'll be being sold by today or tomorrow. Okay. So it's like pasteurized. Uh, the other stuff is aged at least 60 days, which is the FDA standard. Okay. And so we don't pasteurize it because we like having the idea of a, of a unpasteurized or unprocessed milk cheese okay. here. Yeah. Um, and so then you add to rent it, which causes it to, to coagulate. The casein, which is the big the thing, the protein in milk that creates the cheese. Uh, and then we also add the uh, uh, enzymes or the culture. Okay. that creates the flavor. It's not flavoring, it's bacteria, enzymes, that as it ages, creates the flavor of the cheese. So we got different ones for cheddar, for Swiss, um, Gouda, you know, the, the Pepper Jack, the Colby, all those are different, um, either different uh, cultures or different amounts of the same culture. Then, you know, we said if we pasteurize it, we heat it up to, I think it's 145 degrees for 30 minutes. Don't quote me on that. I usually get that wrong. Um, I got it in that brochure right there. Okay. It's somewhere around there. Um, and whatever the rule is, we do it. And so, uh, and, then, and then we drain away and the curds are on the bottom and then we cook the curds. There's a, seems like a lot of steps. And then if we're cheddar cheese, we cheddar it. They put it through a machine that looks like a Play-Doh machine. You take the when the, the little baby, little tiny curds will kind of look like, they're, they're in there right now, they kind of look like cottage cheese. Okay. Um, they'll kind of stick together again. Sure. After a couple hours of being cooked, warmed back up. And then we put it through the cheddaring process and squeeze it out. It looks like a Play-Doh machine. It just shoots out as the curds, if you see fresh curds. Um, and then we, if we're packing it for like, for retail sale, we'll put that back in a, in a uh, M-O-U-L-D, a mold, or okay. in a hoop okay. is another word for it, with cheesecloth, squeeze it overnight to get a little bit more way out, put it in plastic bags, uh, and then steal it, uh, and then store it in a uh, cheese cooler, which is 50 degrees above zero, which I got two coolers here that can keep, that age cheese. Um, obviously 50 degrees is warmer than what you can put, use for food. I got plenty of food ones too, but um, that's how we do that. Okay. I, I just had no idea there was that much to... Alex, you know that was that much cheese? Well, yeah, but I was trying to do tours. Uh, so. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm trying to find a picture of you up on, up on the wall. No, thank God. I, no. <laughs> so I guess, Alex, because you, you were, you were our, our... You could have been a tour guide too. I feel like the, our listeners need to know how, how do you know about Young's Jersey Dairy? Yeah, I started working here when I was a sophomore in high school uh, and still help out a little bit doing tractor rides. I did everything from scooping ice cream to working out in the golf course to doing tractor rides and school tours and some of the best times of my life. 
Did, I, I noticed you guys had a mascot. Did you, did you ever get Alex in the mascot oh, suit? Oh, God, no. No? I am not Barnaby worthy. <laughs> it's fun, though. Yeah, it, uh, it's. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, anyone who, who hears Young Jersey Dairy, they think of, of memories of field trips, uh, family trips during the summer. So, um, yeah. Yeah, when you're Barnaby, they're a mascot. Um, young kids either have one of two reactions. One is they come running toward you for a hug, or they burst into tears. Yep. <laughs> it's one or the other. How many, how many children did you have to console during tour groups? Well, luckily for my school tours, Barnaby didn't make that many appearances. No. But uh, during the fall, when we were doing wagon rides on the farm, he would sometimes make appearances. You, typically, they like him. Yeah, most of them do. But occasionally, you got you to know... That's sure. why we usually have a Barnaby handler. So, cause you really, I speak from experience, you can't see a lot out of Barnaby's head. And so you don't know if a kid's either yanking on your tail or bursting into tears, or even a little kid runs up to you, you can't even see him. Yep. Mm. You don't want to have a you know, photo of Barnaby walking on a, you know, <laughs> tackling a kid or something. Uh, no, that would not over. be a good PR yeah. moment there. No. No. I know it's about 11.30 now, so you got folks coming in here on a Thursday starting to get their, their lunch here. Because you guys, as far as, um, we'll go walk around and see some of the activities, but is this is this area open? What what are, what are the, the, is there any seasonality or hours that they need to know about for, for this area? Or is it open all year round? Yeah, Young's is open year round. We're only closed three days a year, Christmas Eve, Christmas, and then Thanksgiving. Other than that, we're open all the time. So that's great. Well, would you want to move sure. on? And we can, we'll just follow you. you. can show us around some of the, the buildings here. My uh, two uncles went to, uh, Carl and Bill, went to Ohio State University mm -hmm. and dairy science. And uh, a simple explanation is they like jerseys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's stuck. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're you know, gentler. Um, they do give better milk. Uh, and it yields higher in the cheese production. And... You know, from a milking standpoint, a Jersey cow weighs uh, significantly less than a Holstein, so when it steps on your foot, ah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it still hurts. yeah, I'm it not still sure. hurts. It still hurts, but I'm not sure that was one of the reasoning. But you know, I certainly appreciated that back in my high school days when I was helping to milk cows and stuff like that. Um, that was nice. You know, just a nicer cow to deal with. Got a, I think, a better temperament. They're just not, they're not quite as aggressive. Sure. Or they can get that way, but not really. Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah and if they yeah. get that angry, they weigh yeah. less when they step on you. So. Yep. That, and they're pretty. That too. Alex said that. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and here we also have, now they're inside day because it's kind of raining, but sure. uh, we have got lots of goats. And, you know, they're here main, oh, not mainly, only for entertainment because they're very interactive with folks. So eat out of your hands, you can pet them and all that kind of thing. Um, you know, baby calves, first of all, we don't ever have that many of them at once anyway. And then they just, uh, you know, a cow's mouth is not designed to eat out of your hand. And if it did, about a, you know, one foot tongues coming out, <laughs> it's going to scare adults and children. <laughs> and it's rough. So the goats are here for fun. Okay, I can't say I've ever been licked by, by a cat, is it like a sandpaper then? You're saying rough. Very much. Very much like a cat. Yeah, okay. very much. <laughs> a cat on steroids, much rougher than that, yeah. Gotcha. So I know the, the, the calves here, do you have a special formula 
as far as what they get fed to produce pretty consistent milk for you guys? Yeah, we're mainly feeding grass or hay throughout the year and a minimal amount of grain, some grain and all that, but it's mainly grass fed. And, um, and we converted to that, I wanna say three or four, five years ago. And the cows seem to be doing really well on that. Okay, and do you guys, for as far as the hay, do you, you bring everything in or do you guys have your own fields you guys cut from? Both. Both? Okay. Yeah, we, we raise some of our own and we also have to buy some because we uh, don't have, the, the farm is 122 acres, but a, a big part of it is, you know, driving range. <laughs> and, and we usually put about 20 to 30, depending on year, acres of pumpkins. And we got to rotate that around. And we do also grow some corn, especially for at least the corn maize, and then plus for rotational purposes. And so we usually end up buying at least as much hay from others as what we produce here on the farm. It just kind of depends on the year, how many acres we got and that sort of thing. Okay, and so you're mentioning some numbers with how much milk you go through between, you said what, 80,000 pounds of cheese you guys make in a year? Yep. And you said 70,000 gallons of mm -hmm. ice cream. It's an enormous amount of milk. But do you, are you able to produce all the milk with in-house or do you have to no. import some? Yeah, we have another Jersey farm right now I think we're going up three days a week to pick up milk from. Okay. And so, yeah, that supplements. And just to be clear, all we make, uh, our ice cream is also, we get the, not the ice cream, the base mix, the milk, cream, and sugar, mm -hmm. we also buy from another dairy because, A, I don't have the ability to pasteurize that much <laughs> uh, mix and or mix it properly and all that sort of thing. So we buy the base. So uh, our milk, our cow's milk is not part of the ice cream. It's a, all, of it, all of it goes into making the cheese. Okay. As well as the other milk that we buy, but from a different dairy, sure. we get the mix, the base, the milk, cream, and sugar that we make all of our ice cream here. Okay, but it sounds like the, the mix you get, the milk comes from another local dairy. So yeah. it's all local here yeah, made yeah. in Ohio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, made all of made in Ohio for sure. Okay, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Now, I, I do have to ask, though, those two Olivers, because Apple Farm Service used to be an Oliver dealer. Oh, yeah. Um, way, way back when. Um, so odds are that might have changed some of those parts and, and service. We might have helped you guys out. I'm sure. Way back when. Um, I'm assuming those two used to be worked here on the, on the grounds? The one on the right here, the Oliver 880, it w was. And the other one was actually we bought from someone else. Um, because we needed another one for kids to play on. Sure, too many were fighting on the, over that one. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and then clear at our event center on the other end of the farm, there, there's a case there also. Okay. And that was the one that I and most of my cousins learned to drive a tractor with because it had a hand clutch. Because most of us got on a tractor before our feet could reach the clutch, you know? <laughs> and so that worked out well to go rake hay or something. Sure. Yeah. So no, we we're gonna walk over to what the the, the golf course or the the mini utters and putters utters and putters utters and putters. Which so I remember utter and putters when I was um, probably about the same age that you started mentioning driving a tractor. How long have you had the utters and putters? We built the first part of uh, the miniature golf, the utters and putters part, um, in 1992. Is when he opened that up, and I was well past being young at that point. <laughs> Um, as far as learning how to drive a tractor. Um, so 
yeah, we built the first part of that, the first 18-hole uh, course. And then we built a batting cage and then a driving range to add to the activities. Then we built another miniature golf course, another 18 holes, um, because we needed the extra capacity uh, for all those group picnics we were doing. And those happened mainly on weekends, as you might imagine. And so <clears throat> we just, on a, when we have, you know, got a thousand people here for a picnic, part of the picnic is you get a wristband for all those activities oh, for that fun. day. And so besides the food and of course the ice cream. Yeah. And so um, we built a second course for that. So is that two eighteen? So you have 36 holes of putt-putt here. Not putt-putt. Uh, miniature, miniature miniature golf. golf. Sorry, putt putt is a brand name. Putt putt, I, it is like Kleenex, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Okay. So <laughs> hopefully they're not listening I always right now. Correct. That's all right. And then this is something new too, uh, from last time I've been here. That it, you guys have a food truck now. Yeah, we've had, we've had actually for a number of years, and uh, we go out to a few places, a few events. We actually use it for here, for some of our events that we do. Like uh, we have maybe three or four car shows a year. Those are across the road, and so it's convenient to have that over there to service those folks. Um, and then we also have like a couple of really big 5K runs here, charity, as well as one hooked up with a bunch of schools. That's useful for that. Um, and then we have really, really those really busy, especially in the fall days. Um, it's good to have that as an extra thing. Well, actually, this year we're going to experiment with it. Between the new dairy store and the barn, we're going to set it up. Because when we get really busy, I mean, we can, ha believe it or not, in that new building, we can take care of 500 people an hour. But that's still not enough. Okay. And so it'd be great to be able to say, hey, I just want a snack. I just want a half pint of ice cream or sure. order of cheese curds, sure. <laughs> deep fried curds. And so we'll have that outside to kind of take that pressure off of getting it done all inside. So you see the driving range over there, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm sure it's not called the driving range. I'm sure it's a name for it. No, no, that one just has a driving range. Just driving yeah. range, okay. <laughs> so you have the driving range and um, I mean, we had some pretty, we had a dry spell here, but the grass is always, so you're always keeping the, it watered. Yeah, it's always watered uh, even in August and September when it tends to get brown, that's because the, we irrigate it, and we irrigate it using reclaimed water from our wastewater that we produce here at our dairy store, as well as Utters and Putters building, as well as our event center. Um, all that wastewater goes and gets treated naturally, because we don't add chemicals or anything. It's all aeration and wetlands filtration system. And then we end up irrigating our farm, which is mainly here on the uh, grass part of it. So that's why it's always green. Oh. That's really interesting. It's, yeah. all, it's reclaimed water, so that way, because you because you guys are probably too far to be on the city. Are you all on well? Yep, well water. We we do that. We also uh, we have a uh, public water system number just like a city, and we treat our water just like a city. In other really? words, we test it daily, and there's monthly and quarterly and annual. There's all sorts of different tests we do through the OEPA, um, and we chlorinate because that's a rule. We got to do that. And we test that every day to make sure that's working properly. So, and so yeah, I see you guys have batting cages. You have a, a fun slide, um, and you guys have some seasonal things too um, that we can't see here. And so I know you have um, 
like barrel rides for kids and you have some other things too right yeah that does have a name it's movers and shakers movers and shakers yes <laughs> and then we have a lot of events here throughout the year i mentioned a few of them like the pick your own pumpkins and all that we also have like a month-long fall festival we have all sorts of all those things going on and sometimes more we have the car shows some of which are quite large four or five hundred cars be across the street um, we do some charity events. One of the biggest one is our Young's Ice Cream Charity Bike Tour. And over the 20 years that we've done that, we've raised $1.6 million for four charities. And we're working on our 21st one this year. We just had a meeting last night and what we're doing for that. We're looking to raise more than 100 grand this year for that. Wow. And we do many, many other smaller charity type things. Um, and what are some of the other events that we do? Wool gathering. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I knew there was at least one other big one. That's probably the largest standalone event we do here is the wool gathering. It's also been about 20 years or maybe 21. And it's across the street in a, some really large tents, way bigger than the building we were just in. <laughs> Believe it or not. And there's a couple hundred vendors from a dozen states or more that come here. And several thousand folks show up to buy wool. Yak. Had a yak here last year. Yep. <laughs> so it's all natural fiber. It's basically a festival, a natural fiber festival. Okay. Runs for two days in the third week in September. Where do you, where do you see the future of, of dairy farming going? Well, I think, you know, with the exception of someone like us who's really, our farm operation is, is a, supports the rest of the place, mm -hmm. the rest of the business. It's important to us to have cows here and so folks can see the cows and where the milk comes from and all that sort of thing. Um, but I, it seems to me, based on my knowledge, is that uh, dairy farming is gonna get larger or gonna keep migrating, I should say, to the larger operations. And the, the smaller ones, uh, they just, it's hard to make economic sense of them sure. at the moment. And <clears throat> because of the cost of inputs has gone up you know, I don't know for the last two years how many more years it's going to be crazy, <laughs> but the cost of inputs are, are crazy. And, you know, if we didn't have the rest of this operation here, I'd, you know, it'd be hard for us to milk a cow, you sure. know, or milk 50 cows or 40 cows or whatever. Um, it just doesn't make sense at that level. You have to get bigger, I think. So that seems like from, a, you know, semi-outsider, even uh -huh. though we I grew up on a farm here, we still have a farm here. Um, but that seems to be what I see going sure. on. Now you see, you get to see the end consumer here every day with yep. people coming in, getting their ice cream, getting their cheese. Um, what for over the years? I guess how would you, how would you how do you the, the trend of the end consumer? What are some trends you've seen, and kind of what do you think it might? Which way might it still be going? Well, people are our guests really enjoy having fun. So I honestly feel that as long as we're doing a good job for them, we'll, we'll still always be successful. And we gotta be paying attention to what they want and figuring out sometimes ahead of what they know what they want. <laughs> um, but you know, the trends are, I mean, families are so important. Much of our business is families with younger kids. That's not gonna change. So it's like families with younger kids that's in, you know probably the biggest demographic we have here, and they want things that are safe, 
fun, delicious, different. Uh, I think one of the unique things that we do, paying attention to our guests, is being able to offer a bunch of different things at one spot. In other words, where else can you go to pet a goat, eat some ice cream, play miniature golf? <laughs> And some of our events go do, you know, visit some sheep or alpacas or something, once fair, you know. And to do that all at one place uh, is kind of unique. That's complicated to do. I always think of us as a large, small business or an extremely small, large business. <laughs> but we're really, you know, uh, bigger than a very small business, but, you know, we have a lot of things going on. And so um, that's always a challenge for us. We have 300 people that work here during a busy time of year. Wow. And that's, uh, get, that can get crazy also. And uh, we, they do a great job for us. Um, you know, one of the things that we need to keep doing as management and owners is to keep understanding what it is that motivates that age because most of our employees are 16 to 22 and they're different. Um, but they, once again, they do an amazing job for us. You know, we couldn't exist without them. But the last two or three years, speaking of inputs, sure, as far as hay and grain and all that, inputs as far as labor costs have gone much higher than I ever would have imagined. Um, but it is what it is. And right. so we've adopted, as most of our folks in the hospitality business also were in. So. Sure. Well, Dan, we really, really appreciate the time. Sure. Give us a tour really educating me about cheese production. I might have to give that a try now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the ice cream production and the, the beautiful new building and all the, all the activities I remember growing up doing as a kid. I really appreciate it. But before, before uh, I take off, I had an activity for you. Cause oh. you. You said that you love fun. Yeah. And doing fun things. So as a child, I thought of something that I also enjoy doing, a Mad Lib. Okay. So do you remember how Mad Libs work? No. Okay, so I will, I will ask you like verb, noun, different things, and then you just give me whatever comes up to the top of your head. And at the end, I'll, I'll read the story with your, your verbs and your oh, nouns. Okay. And you, All right. Is it coming back? I it's think, probably been a couple years since you've done one. Probably only done it a couple times ever. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, so you ready? Sure. All right. I need a verb, an action. A verb. A verb. Uh, run. Run. All right, I need a noun. Cow. Er, cow. I need another verb. Make. Make. A name of a sport. Soccer. Soccer. I need a, a name. Is it like a... Any, any, a name, like a person. A person's, person's name. name, okay. Uh, ben. Ben. I need a number. Three. Three. I need a verb ending in ing. Putting. Putting. And I need a, uh, a noun. Golf. Oh, sorry. That would be like a, would be a noun? Golf ball. Golf ball. Okay. Okay. Now I need another. I, you got it, just a few more. Ing verb. Another ing verb. Okay. Um, 
Baking. Baking. Good one. A noun. Goat. Goat. I need another number. Seven. And I need a unit of measurement. Pint. Pint. And a noun. Cheese. Cheese. I need a verb. Pasteurizing. See Very specific. That. I don't see think how you spell that. I'm just kind of. <laughs> there we go. And a verb. Another verb? Yes. Um, dipping. Of, dipping. It's something a little easier to spell. Uh, I need an adjective, something to describe something. Brown. Brown. I need a verb. Cooking. Cooking. I need a season. Like fall. Fall. Two more. I need an ing verb. Did I say baking? You said it once. All right. Let's see goes another one. Milking. Yeah, milking. Milking. Okay. Last one. One more ing verb, and then we're done. Um, cleaning. Cleaning. Okay. This is a day at Young's Jersey Dairy, Golden okay. by Dam. Okay. We can't run to go to Young's Jersey Dairy. We loaded up the cow and drove over to Yellow Springs to make the day at Young's Jersey Dairy. First, we played a game of soccer at Utters and Putters. Ben won with a total of three putts. Next, we went to the putting cages where we had fun hitting golf balls with our golf ball bat. After that, we tried out the baking range. I was able to hit the goat a total of seven pints with my cheese. My favorite part was the petting zoo where we got to go pasteurize the goats and dipping the cows and rabbits. Oh, don't forget about the amazing ice cream. We stocked up on so many brown flavors of ice cream. My favorite flavor is peanut butter cooking. We can't wait to come back during the fall season when they have fun activities like movers and shakers, barrel ride, Calvin's fast slide, Calvin's kitty corral and more. Tomorrow's gonna be a sad day when I am milking. I'd much rather be cleaning at Young's Jersey Dairy. Okay. Not well, bad. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Well, Dan. Sounds that, like another version of AI. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, it's AI gone bad. Sad AI gone yeah. a little bit, a little bit wonky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dan, thank you so much for, for your time. Thank you. Sharing some of your knowledge on this. Sure. And um, we just really appreciate that. And, and um, I appreciate what you do for the community, for our area, and um, just the way that we, you represent the A community here too for the area. So thank you. Sure. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Apple Farm Chatter. If you haven't, subscribe today. Want more from Apple Farm Service? Like us on Facebook, follow us on TikTok, and check out our website, applefarmservice.com. Happy farming from your friends at Apple Farm Service and Apple Farm Chatter.